Well, as we begin our series in the Lord's Prayer, it's important to know that our normal diet is to take a passage of Scripture and open it and explain it, and usually sequential passages of Scripture. Well, for this series, we'll be doing it a little differently in that we'll take a line each week of the Lord's Prayer and explore it. And of course, we'll look at the Bible and how the Bible helps us to understand that particular line of the Lord's Prayer. But we won't be doing, uh, as it were, seven weeks uh, exegetical study on this passage from Matthew. I hope that you'll have, um, though, Matthew 6 open um, before you as we begin this morning. Our brains have an incredible capacity, don't they? Um, Perhaps I should just speak for myself. Uh, What I mean is this. Sometimes you can think, uh, you can find yourself thinking of something entirely different to that which you're doing. Uh, If you drive, sometimes you know those times when you've driven home, uh, perhaps quite tired, perhaps energised by a a concert or an event that you've been to or perhaps talking very um, intensely to the passenger as you've been driving and you arrive home and you realise you're actually not even quite sure which route you took and which lights you stopped at if you're going through the city. Or or if you're ironing, guys, you know what it's like when you're ironing. You can uh, just be watching TV and thinking about the program and suddenly you've finished all the ironing without even thinking about it very much. Ha ha. Or at church. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I find that I can sing a hymn or say a creed and my lips are moving and the voice is coming out, but my mind is entirely elsewhere on the events of the day or what's for lunch. And it's because of that I want us to spend a few weeks exploring this magnificent um, prayer, all the depths of this Lord's Prayer, because I think it's very easy to mouth the words without giving a lot of thought to what it actually means. This prayer is full of great insights and correctives and full too of great joys. And I hope that you'll come back week by week and tap into the deep riches of this prayer. You know, the sad irony of this prayer is that we've taken what Jesus is meant as a pattern for prayer and turned it into something we quite quickly rattle off. You know, in the passages prior, Jesus, uh, in verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 7, uh, sternly warns his disciples, do not keep bag- babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. But, but the way that we use this prayer sometimes, I think we are in danger of babbling like the pagans. I've been to conferences where we've said morning prayer, had communion in the middle of the day, evening prayer at night, and when it comes to saying the Lord's Prayer for the third time that day, I kind of think, I just can't do it justice. I can't just do it sincerely. How careful we must be in praying the words of this prayer and perhaps saying them less often would actually be more helpful. That we might know what we mean and mean what we say. Well, enough introduction. Three aspects of prayer I think that we see in the opening words of Jesus' pattern for prayer. Uh, We see prayer's context prayer's challenge and prayer's potential. So prayer's context, prayer's challenge and prayer's potential. First of all then prayer's context, the two opening words of the Lord's Prayer show us that the context of prayer is relationship. How do we address our prayer to God? Our Father. And just as it's only you, if you're a dad, if it's only you that call you Father, and uh, it's only my children who call me father, 
So it's only those who are God's children who can address God in prayer. And although plenty of people may send up the odd prayer in an emergency, uh, it is only those who are God's children who have access to God in prayer. Christians are, of course, God's children by adoption. Remember in John's Gospel, for as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you received Jesus? Welcomed him into your life? Then you are a child of God. And you are privileged to call God Father. Have you rejected him? Or are you ignoring him? Then the privileges of prayer and relationship with God and his help and his strength will not be yours until such times as you come into his family. But once you are in the family, the privileges are enormous. Calling God Father is just one. Let me remind you from 1 John 3. 1 John 3. See what love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. What great love indeed. You know, for the disciples who first listened to Jesus, calling God Father would have been revolutionary. God for them was someone distant, far away, holy, too far above them personally. You you needed a priest to mediate for you, uh, which is why the Jew hardly ever took the name of God fully on their lips. But if God is our Father and we are his children, our understanding of prayer itself changes. We're not trying to twist God's arm Uh, nor do we have to work to get his attention, nor do we need anyone like a, a saint or a Mary to pray for us. No, you're his child. He is your father. What more could you ask for? Because Jesus' death has dealt with your sin, because he has mediated once for all for you, you can come into God's presence, the perfect father, and he is all ears. In fact, we're reminded that he is more ready to listen than we are to pray and wants us to give either we more than, than wants to give us more than either we deserve or desire. So this is the context of prayer, a loving relationship of father to child, child to father. Now that has got to be an encouragement today, hasn't it? We have a father waiting for us to come and speak with him. He cares for us, he loves us. And we can be certain that because he gave of of his son to us, he will gladly give us all good things. Well, secondly today, if that's uh, prayer's context, here is prayer's challenge. Children hate to admit when they need help, don't they? Have you uh, remembered what it's like to have a two-year-old, for, for example, trying to put on a singlet or something, and they get their head through the sleeves and then they scream in frustration because they can't just quite get it right, and then you try to help them, and they have to take it off and start again because they don't want a bar of your help. They want to be Mr. Independent, Miss Independent. And all their effort, if you try and help, has been rendered null and void, so they have to start again. We tend to be like that when it comes to God. Well, that is... I'm sure one of the reasons we don't pray as we ought is because we don't like to admit that we need help. Part of prayer is the challenge to admit that we need help and seek it in the only place it can be found. Our Father in heaven, we pray. 
That is, not only do we have someone who is our father and willing to help, we have someone who is king, enthroned in the heavens and wonderfully able to help. How important that we understand the God to whom we pray. The fact that God is in heaven reminds us that he is great, that he's eternal, that he's infinite, that he's almighty, more than able to bring to, to, to be able to deal with all the needs that we bring to him. And the challenge of prayer is simply this, that in prayer we acknowledge our total dependence on him. He's not our equal and we are not self-sufficient. Isn't it true that we can be very successful in business or in our profession or uh, on our property, very successful in setting up our home, uh, we live good lives, we contribute to society, life is often good, but it's hard to God, come to God in prayer. It's even hard to start the day and say, Father in heaven, I, help, I need your help today. We're often thinking we've got it, we've got it all covered. Because we can appear to see to have everything at our fingertips and manage very nicely, thank you. But the things we need help for aren't necessarily the trivial things like uh, getting our work done or getting uh, off the next business deal or getting our crop off or sown. Uh, no, that's not what we need help for. We need help for the really hard job of living for God all the time. It's the really hard job of getting our priorities right so that he's the most important part of our lives. That's what we need help for, the really hard job of resisting the temptation to neglect our family for property or business, the hard job of remaining honest in a world where honesty is almost frowned on by some, ridiculed. Those are the things we need help for. And the Father who is in heaven is wonderfully willing and able to help us to get our life in order and keep it that way. I want to ask whether later on today you might just sit down and talk to your Father in heaven, your wonderful Father who is utterly for you, who loves you so much. Will you just spend some unhurried time with him? Will you say to him, Father, I need your help to live your way to see things your way, to do things your way, to love like you love. I need your help to resist temptation. I, I, I need your help to put you first above everything else in my life. So that's the very real and great challenge of prayer, to come in humility and admit that we need his help, that we can't live his way without him. Well, we've seen the context of prayer, relationship, we've seen the challenge of prayer, it challenges our self-sufficiency, our independence, and finally we need to explore prayer's potential. Uh, we could look at a number of things here, but just three I want to highlight. First, prayer can build intimacy and trust. Uh, my dad is with the Lord now, but you know, it was only in his latter years that I started to share with dad what was on my heart and to seek his wisdom and of course it's only natural that when I did that our relationship deepened it grew and that is exactly what will happen as you spend unhurried time with God 
in prayer. You'll build intimacy and trust. As you share the desires and longings of your heart, as you share the joys of your heart, as you share the regrets of your heart, so you will grow in your relationship with him. Your trust will grow so much so that when the hard times come, you won't quickly panic or enter into despair, but you'll automatically turn to the one with whom you've grown close. So the potential of prayer will prayer will build intimacy and trust, but prayer will also change the way you see things. More of that in the weeks to come, I think, as we look at hallowed be your name and your kingdom come. But suffice to say at this point that the more you come to God in prayer, the more your desires and your longings and your plans and your passions will align with his. As you pray that he will be honoured in the world and that his will might be done, do you know what will happen? You'll find yourself working towards the honour of his name and you'll want to be doing his will. So prayer will change the way you see the world. You'll see it much more through his lens and your desires will align with his. Prayer will change you. And thirdly, prayer will change the world. I love it when Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3 that God is able to do immeasurably more than either we ask or imagine. More than we can ask or imagine. Now, I imagine that those watching here today might be able to ask a lot and imagine a lot. But he is our Father in heaven, so he is able to do more than either we can ask or imagine. Can you imagine? Nothing is too hard for him. What's impossible for us is not impossible for God. Friends, this means that in approaching our Father in heaven, we need to think big and ask big and imagine big. Have you asked him to change and transform you? Have you asked him to bring help and hope to those you love? Have you asked him for healing? For peace? For wisdom? Have you asked him to grow your church? Have you asked him to draw men and women and boys and girls to himself? Have you asked him for his help in sharing Jesus for life? Have you asked him to have mercy upon the people of the central and western New South Wales? Have you asked him to raise up more gospel workers for us here? Think big. Imagine big. And he is able to do more than either we ask or imagine. Well, let me bring things um, to a close. Are, are you a child of God? Have you welcomed Jesus as the most precious part, person of your life? Then this pattern of prayer is for you. We are privileged to call the God of the universe Father. He deeply cares. He knows you as a father knows his child. And because he is your father and you are his child, then you're able to come and share your deepest longings with him. And he is in the heavens. He has all power at his disposal and he's able to help you in ways you haven't dreamt of. Do you have a problem today? Something troubling you? A worry? A decision? a temptation, take it to the Father, to your Father who is in heaven and wait on him to answer and help you. For the context of prayer is relationship 
But the challenge of prayer is to give up our self-sufficiency and depend on him. And the potential of prayer? Well, it's more than either we can ask or imagine. Amen.